Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we began our review of the direct examination of firearms examiner Paul Greer as he was questioned by prosecutor David Fernandez. In this installment, we continue our look at Mr. Greer's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It is the afternoon of February 3rd, 2023, day 8 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, firearms expert Paul Greer reviewed various items of evidence related to firearms and ammunition found near the kennels of the Moselle Road property where Paul and Maggie Murdoch were murdered. As we begin today, the court returns from the lunch recess and prosecutor David Fernandez hands Mr. Greer three pieces of evidence collected at the crime scene, each contained in a small plastic bag. Mr. Greer, please review um, what's been marked as State's Exhibit 111 which would align with sled items 66, 69, and 104. If you would, please let us know if you had an opportunity to inspect those items and analyze them. Uh, yes, sir, I did. State's Exhibit 112 is sled item 66, and that was determined to be three fired bullet jacket fragments and seven pieces of lead listed as from Margaret Murdoch at autopsy. Stakes Exhibit 111 is sled item 69, and that is one combination wad listed as from left axilla of Paul Murdoch at autopsy. And Stakes Exhibit 113 is sled item 104, and that was one birdshot pellet listed as found with Paul Murdoch's clothing. Prosecutor Fernandez next grabs a shotgun from an evidence box on the courtroom floor and hands it to Mr. Greer. All right, Mr. Greer, I'm going to direct your attention to State's Exhibit 90, slide item 31. Did you have an opportunity to inspect this item? Um, I did inspect a slide item 31. Is this the item you inspected? Firearm is unloaded, safe to handle. Yes, sir, I see my identifying marks um, as slide item 31 on this firearm. Tell us what this is. Um, that was determined to be one Browning Model Auto 5. Light 12 semi automatic shotgun, 12 gauge with serial number 03867NV211. Do you conduct further examinations on that firearm? Discuss it a little bit. Yes, sir, I did. Fernandez returns to the evidence box and retrieves another shotgun. This one has a woodland camouflage on the grip and the stock. Show you what's been marked as states exhibit and evidence. States exhibit 89, item 30 on your report. Did you have an opportunity to inspect that firearm? This firearm is also unloaded. Yes, sir, I did. How do you know that? Um, when I'm looking at these firearms, um, we uh, scribe our evidence if possible. 
um, in multiple locations. So I'm looking for those identifying features of that SLED lab number and that item number as well as my initials on some of these items that I was able to, to mark that. So I, I see that on this fire. And for purposes of our results that we'll discuss shortly, did you conduct additional testing on that firearm? Uh, yes, sir. Fernandez grabs another shotgun from the evidence box on the floor. This firearm is all black. Handing you what's been marked as an entrance evidence as states exhibit 91. That would be your sled item number 32. Tell me if you recognize that firearm, if you, uh, in fact, were the one that uh, received it and conducted examinations on it. This firearm's also unloaded. I'm going to look again for those um, identifying marks. Uh, yes, sir, I identify this as my sled item 32. Prosecutor Fernandez grabs one last firearm from the evidence box. This weapon is a black Armalite model rifle with what appears to be a thermal scope attached. Lastly, I'll direct your attention to what's been entered into evidence as State's Exhibit 88 and sled item 33. Are you familiar with that item? Um, this firearm is also unloaded. Yes, sir. I am familiar with this item. Is that the item that you uh, conducted tests on? Yes, sir. This is the sled item 33. David Fernandez then retrieves a large plastic evidence bag and hands it to Mr. Greer. Direct your attention then to State's Exhibit 210, which would be sled item 34. It's been entered into evidence collectively as item State's item 210. Are you familiar with the contents of that evidence package? Yes, sir, I am. And what are they? Sled item 34, State's Exhibit 210, was determined to be one magazine and 26 unfired um, cellular and below 300 blackout um, caliber cartridges. And was sled item 34, but this State's Exhibit 210 included with the uh, rifle we just uh, took a look at? Uh, yes, sir. It was submitted in the same uh, package as the rifle. Fernandez grabs four more items of evidence for Mr. Greer. All are contained in small palm-sized baggies. All right, moving on to State's Exhibit 143, 144, 150, and 148. Entered evidence already, that would be sled items 166, 167, 168, and 169. Yes, sir. And has been marked as those exhibits. Would you please take an a chance to review those? Let me know if you're familiar with them and if you had an opportunity to uh, analyze them. Yes, sir, I believe I have seen these items. Tell us what they are, if you would. Um, each of these uh, four items um, are 12 gauge uh, federal shot shells, and they each all have the uh, markings that are consistent with each other, a federal premium double alt buck three inch magnum. Do your notes indicate where they were located? I have an indication based on the packaging. Okay, what did the packaging indicate? Um, the packaging for um, six exhibit 150, um, from what I can tell, says from Red Ben on Workshop Bench for Stakes Exhibit 144 says from Red Ben on Workshop Bench. Stakes Exhibit 143 says from Red Ben on Workshop Bench. And Stakes Exhibit 148 um, also says from Red Ben on Workshop Bench. Fernandez hands the witness four more small evidence bags. Now I'm going to hand you what's been previously entered into evidence as State's Exhibits 145, 146, 147, and 149. That would be sleds number 162, 163, 164, and 165. Uh, same as before, if you wouldn't mind, please uh, take a look at those and let me know if you are familiar with their contents. Yes, sir. Tell us what they are. 
All four of these items are Winchester 12 gauge shot shells and they all appear to have the same information on the shot shell of dry lock 3 inch with the number 2. Fernandez then hands Mr. Greer one large plastic evidence bag containing a small box. I'm going to hand you what's been uh, previously entered into evidence as States Exhibit 213, slide item 45. Please take a look at the, uh, that piece of evidence and let me know if you are aware of what it is. Uh, yes, sir. This appears to be a, a box for um, ammunition um, in the 300 blackout caliber. And does uh, did that box indicate the maker of that 300 blackout ammunition? It does. Who's the manufacturer? Um, Cellier and Billo. S&B? Yes, sir. Prosecutor Fernandez next grabs another large evidence bag containing multiple items of evidence and hands it to Mr. Greer. Greer, I'm handing you what's been now admitted to evidence of State's Exhibit 260. If you would, please take a moment to review those items and let, you, let me know if you're familiar with them. Uh, yes, sir. I am familiar with this evidence. And what are they? Um, these are sled items 35 through 39. Um, these were each of fired 300 blackout caliber cartridge cases I'm with the head stamp of Cellier and Bella. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Prosecutor David Fernandez continues his review of various items of firearms evidence with Paul Greer. He hands the witness a large plastic bag containing multiple exhibits. Or previously a state's exhibit 261. For identification purposes only, just a reference sled item numbers 108 to 135. Agent Greer, these items now admitted under state's exhibit, as state's exhibit 261. Um, please take a moment to review those items. Um, any notes or uh, information you might have on them, and let me know if you're aware of what they are. Uh, yes, container AB uh, was submitted to the laboratory, um, and it um, is to contain. Sled items 108 through 135. I am familiar with, with these items, and this package appears to um, not have been tampered with since I sealed it last, as I see my initials and seal date there at the bottom. And what's um, inside that package? Inside this package, there are 300 blackout caliber cartridge cases, as well as uh, 12 gauge shot shells. And did you have an opportunity to perform an analysis on these items? Yes, sir, I did. Fernandez then grabs a medium-sized plastic evidence bag and hands it to Mr. Greer. Mr. Greer, I'm offering you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 398. That would reference slide item 22.4. You would please uh, take a look at that item and uh, cross-reference with your report and let me know if you're familiar with what it is. Yes, sir. Um, this container contains two sled items. Um, that's item, sled item 22.4, um, which is a swab of debris that I took, a reddish brown debris swab from the right side of the item 22 receiver. Which item is 22? Item, item 22 was the camouflage um, Benelli Model Super Black Eagle 3 semi automatic shotgun. Um, and it also contains sled item 22.5 
which was another swab from that same shotgun, and that was um, reddish-brown debris swab from the left side of the item 22 receiver above manufacturer information. And tell us a little bit about the swabs and what you're looking for with that. Uh, yes, sir. When I receive uh, items of evidence, a part of my process in documenting the evidence and opening the evidence is to look to see if there's any foreign or trace material on that item. And when I was examining this firearm and opening it for the first time, I took note of that. And when I did that, I noticed those two areas that I saw reddish-brown debris. Um, in order to preserve that prior to my examination, I uh, swabbed those items um, so that way they could be uh, collected and um, maintained. David Fernandez next retrieves a small package and hands it to Mr. Greer. All right, Mr. Greer, I'm handing you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 399, which references sled item 22.7. Uh, yes, sir, I do recognize this, and this package is still sealed with my initials and seal date. Item 22.7 um, was the unfired 12-gauge shot shell that was submitted with the item uh, 22 camouflage Benelli uh, Super Black Eagle 3 shotgun. Um, during my testing, I used that submitted ammunition that came with the firearm um, to test fire the, the weapon with, and that is represented here as um, sled item 22.7, um, States Exhibit 399. Prosecutor Fernandez moves on from examining firearms and ammunition exhibits to asking Mr. Greer about how he processes evidence. Mr. Greer, before we move on to your analysis and your results, if you would please tell me a little bit about the uh, firearms identification process and the number of ways that you use to identify uh, whether a firearm shot a particular projectile. Sure. As we were discussing earlier, when I receive evidence into the laboratory and I begin my examination, um, there's a lot of documentation that has to happen. First, as we're opening the evidence, we're going to, um, one, make sure um, to preserve any of that trace or foreign material. Um, we take the use photography to document the evidence as we're opening it and to photograph the actual item itself and that trace material or foreign material. We also use a lot of uh, departmental worksheets where I take notes on the firearm, um, the magazine, the fired components such as the cartridge case or the bullet, and also um, any other thing that we need to document um, throughout the process or unfired cartridges. Um, we take note of all of that, writing down all of these characteristics that we're seeing on the evidence. In order to do our examination though, we have to look at these um, fired ammunition components, these cartridge cases and these um, fired bullets, and look at their, uh, their class characteristics. So we're going to count um, on a bullet. We're going to look at its rifling, trying to determine um, its caliber through weight and measuring it, counting those number of lands and grooves that comprise that rifling like we spoke earlier. That's what gives that bullet that twist. We document that. Um, we may also look at those cartridge cases and look at those things that have the same class characteristics. That could be the caliber of that cartridge case, the shape of that firing pin, and any overall features. Um, items that share the same class characteristics will compare together. Um, and it's kind of like climbing a ladder at this point. Those items that share the same class characteristics, we climb to the next uh, step on that ladder and we compare those items. And we're going to look at those fired bullets with each other, those fired cartridge cases with each other. And we're going to look at all of that under um, high uh, magnification. We use a comparison microscope in our laboratory to look at these items. And basically, if you think back to a, a biology lab that you may have had in school or some kind of science lab, when you look through a microscope, that's what we're doing. But we're using this comparison microscope to look at two things at one time. 
and we've used uh, uses an ocular bridge so we can look through like a set of binoculars to look at these things. Um, we can change the angles that we're looking at all these tiny little scratches and striations and impressions on the evidence um, that you can't really see with the naked eye. We're going to look at under that magnification and compare all of that to each other um, to help us reach our final goal, which is a conclusion. Um, if we have firearms that are submitted, um, we'll also have that documented. Those firearms that have the same class characteristics, for instance, if we have a gun that's the same caliber as our fire bullet and it shares the same rifling specifications, then that means we can compare that bullet um, with test fires from the firearm. So I'll make sure the firearm is safe to fire and we'll shoot that firearm within our laboratory. And um, we have several different ways to do that with a water recovery tank um, and a, a tunnel that we're able to shoot and recover those test specimens that I physically shot from the firearm. Um, I'll compare those test specimens with each other to look at how those marks that I was looking for in the microscope that we were talking about to see how they're reproducing on those test fires and whether that be a bullet or cartridge case compare that under the microscope, and then compare that where necessary to the submitted evidence. After looking at all that, I would reach a conclusion about whether this was fired by this item or not, or, or whatever that conclusion may be. I arrive at that, and I write that conclusion down. Um, at that point in time, another qualified examiner within our firearms department will review the evidence themselves. They'll look at all the submitted evidence and compare that with each other and with those test specimens that I fired and arrive at their own conclusion. Um, if they're in agreement, then they'll sign off on my conclusions and a report can be drafted. And that's how we get the information out to, to our customers through our report. At SLED, we have the 100% micro-verification process where everything that we're issuing a conclusion on is, is reviewed by another examiner. So that case file, all that documentation that I generate goes to uh, that examiner or reviewer. It goes, undergoes a technical review and administrative review before a report can be released. And in a nutshell, that's, that's how we work each case. Um, there, there are different parts, there's different items of evidence that we get in each case, but that's a quick overview of how each case has worked, and, and those, that process was applied to this case. Thank you. Mr. Greer, speaking of the, the peer review process that goes on in the lab, is that conducted uh, blindly, meaning the person reviewing your, your report doesn't know what your findings are? That's correct. Okay. Could you explain, so the, the subsequent reviewer doesn't know what you decided in your first prime, prime opinion, is that right? Right, I'll look at the evidence myself, um, arrive at a conclusion, and um, the second examiner will look at it and come to their conclusion on their own. Um, if Once they have arrived at their own conclusion, looking at the evidence with their own eyes on the microscope, they'll read my results to see if they're in agreement with what I have determined or not. And that, I think you just testified, but was that done in this case? Yes, sir, it was. Tell, uh, before we move on, please tell me what it means for a cartridge casing to be cycled through a weapon. What does that mean? Sure. If you think back when we were looking at the cartridge um, earlier, an unfired cartridge, um, when, we're gonna, when we look at these items under magnification on the microscope, there are several different areas that we're going to be concerned with um, in looking at for those microscopic scratches and impressions. Um, those little striations. One of those would be um, a firing pin, and that's what uh, comes through the breech face of the gun to detonate the primer. Um, also the breech uh, face marks on that primer from the gun. Um, ejector marks, that's what kicks that cartridge out of the gun, or the cartridge case. Extractor marks, that's what pulls it out of the chamber of the firearm so that it can be kicked out. And also um, chamber marks, and that's on the body of 
of the cartridge case, that cylindrical portion. Um, so when we're looking at evidence, our ultimate goal is to say something was fired by this gun or they were fired by the same gun. Um, and we do that and we can rely on that firing, those firing pin marks and those breach face marks because that's what struck the primer and caused it to detonate and fire that cartridge. There's other things that we can look at um, just to single out like extractor marks and ejector marks um, and chamber marks of such that we can look at to say that a cartridge um, has traveled through a gun. For example, if you were to load a magazine, insert it into um, a semi-automatic firearm, pull the slide back, load that cartridge into the chamber, and then you decide you're not going to shoot or you need to remove that cartridge for any reason, you would pull back on that slide of the handgun and the cartridge would be extracted out of the chamber and ejected. Through that process, there can be marks left on the cartridge. Um, that also would happen when you're firing it, but that's not what detonated that primer and set that off. Those ejector marks, those extractor marks, um, and that just means that that cartridge, we can say, has traveled through that firearm at one point in time. It's not to say it was fired by, but it's cycling marks that we're seeing as it's cycled through that gun. <clears throat> Is it accurate to say then that the cycling marks are separate and distinct from the actual firing pin marks that when you're reviewing these under a microscope? Uh, yes, sir. As far as um, what we're looking at geographically on the cartridge case, those would be in a different location when we're looking for those ejector marks or extractor marks or chamber marks. Um, that's not something that we typically would be seeing on um, the primer area that detonated that cartridge. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we conclude our review of the direct examination of Paul Greer, with his presentation of the results of his analysis of firearms and bullet evidence in the case. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.